Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Awesome. Well, good morning, uh, everyone. My name is Cooper. Um, As Andrew said, I've uh, been down here at Ormo since day one, uh, and it's been so awesome to see this church grow, to see this community grow. Um, As Andrew mentioned, I've been involved uh, in a bunch of different uh, places in the church. I've been involved in our kids' zone and our kids' ministry. Um, I currently uh, help out on KTV, which is an awesome opportunity. Um, On a Friday night, I get to be involved in our youth ministry here, and that's such a blessing to my life, uh, seeing the next generation of people learn about God and be invested in, um, because it just excites me to see what they're going to do in the church next and what they're going to do standing on the stuff that we're building here today. Hey, a bit more about me. Um, I graduated school two years ago now, um, which is terrifying to say out loud. Um, but I went to a school called the Queensland Academy for Creative Industries. It has a long name, so they just shortened it to Quacky. Um, but no matter how you say it, it just sounds either bad saying I went to Quacky or it sounds bad having to pronounce the entire thing, so I just cop it either way. Um, but I went to Quacky for film and television. And I love film. The past few weeks we've been talking about um, putting Jesus in the picture, and I love film because film is just lots of pictures. Films is just lots and lots and lots of pictures. And I love film because of the influence that those pictures can have. You know, so much can be told from one picture, and each week we've been getting uh, life group cards on the way in which have a portrait on the front. And it's been so awesome to look at those and see the story that comes out of them, but a picture can say so much. But a film is lots and lots of pictures and can say so much more and has such an influence on what it can say. And I love how much a film can have influence depending on what people decide to put in it. I mean, that was one of my favorite parts about film and television is we got to choose what to put on the screen. We got to study and analyze what other directors put on screen and how that was used to convey a message or a story. And I think that's the same for us. I think the same goes for our lives. No matter what we choose to put in our pictures, it affects the influence that our picture has on other people's lives. And these past few weeks, we've been talking about what it looks like to have Jesus in our picture that no matter how lonely or isolated we feel, no matter how hopeless, shameful, or anxious we feel, no matter how many doubts we might have, by letting Jesus into the picture, we can see how really blessed we are. And not only we can see how really blessed we are, but other people looking at your picture can see how blessed Jesus can be on someone's life. Hey, I want to start this morning with a silent survey. So you don't have to put up your hand, but who has ever had doubts about their religion? Who has ever had doubts about their religion, this whole Christianity thing? Sometimes it's a bit hard to understand. I'd say that I definitely have. And I would almost say that that's a healthy thing. I'd say that having doubts at times about religion is a healthy thing And it's actually essential to drawing you into a deeper relationship with your creator. I'd like to say today that those doubts are really, really important to actually process and work through. 
whether that's at your life group or whether that's talking to a professional, I'd encourage you, if you are having doubts or questions, don't just let them go. Encourage, I encourage you to pursue them and work them through. See, two of the most influential things that I've learned to my faith and my relationship with God to this day are, number one, an understanding that God needs to be a relationship, not a religious obligation. God needs to be a relationship, not a religious obligation. And number two, that my doubts and questions about that relationship were exactly the things that God was going to use to draw me deeper into it. Hey, how about I pray before we jump into our message today? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for Sundays. Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we can come uh, as a community and sit before you. Lord, I thank you that you are here today in your spirit. Uh, Lord, I thank you that it's no coincidence that all of us are here today, Lord. Lord, coincidence isn't a word that exists in your vocabulary, Lord. Lord, each and every one of these people are here for a reason. And Lord, I pray that today, as I deliver the message, Lord, that you will speak through me. Lord, that you will really bless our lives. Lord, that you'll not only challenge us, but Lord, that you will fill us with an understanding of your spirit and an understanding of your heart. Lord, I thank you that you are here today. Thank you that you are a loving God. And Lord, I thank you that when we have you in our picture, life is so much better. Lord, I thank you for today. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, I thought it would be awesome if we just jumped straight into the Word today. Um, we're going to open up to John 3, so if you have your Bibles with you, open up to John 3. If not, uh, the words will be on the screen behind me so you can follow along. I'm going to jump straight into it. We're talking about a conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus. This conversation is really awesome. It, it starts with this. Now, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are the teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Now, a little bit of context to this verse. Um, at the moment, the Pharisees and Jesus, they're not really the best of mates. The Pharisees uh, were constantly trying to call Jesus out on things that he was doing. They were constantly trying to challenge him. Um, and they were constantly trying to uh, talk against what he was saying, that he was the son of God. And I reckon that's why Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, to not be seen with him. And I think sometimes that may apply for some of us. Do you prefer to leave your doubts in the dark? I mean, Nicodemus was obviously coming to Jesus for a reason, but is that you with your doubts about Jesus? Do you shy away from asking questions at life group or coming down the front after a message because you might be scared of what other people may think? If that's you, the first thing that I want to remind you of today is that God loves you. God didn't turn Nicodemus away at night. God didn't say, no Nicodemus, it's too late, come back tomorrow morning, or no Nicodemus, go and join in in a group conversation that I'm having tomorrow. Jesus accepted Nicodemus in and sat down with him at night. It's the same with you in the relationship with God. Do you prefer to leave your doubts in the dark? We continue reading. He, said, he came to Jesus at night. Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one can perform the signs you are doing 
if God were not with him. It continues, Very truly I tell you, this is Jesus, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Now thankfully for all the mothers out there, that was not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus continued to explain. He said, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Now this is awesome. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. Jesus replied, You are Israel's teacher, and you do not understand these things. Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But you people still do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who has come from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life in him. Now this conversation between Nicodemus and Jesus is packed with awesome stuff. And the more that I've looked into it over the past few weeks preparing for this message, I believe Jesus has really blessed me with a couple of things that I've pulled out of it. Now, most interesting to me, one of the lines that sticks out to me the most is when Jesus says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. See, I believe what God is saying in that moment through Jesus is that the most important aspect to our faith is a relationship with him, a spiritual relationship with him. Hey, Jesus was talking straight to Nicodemus' heart. Now, the Pharisees at the time were considered um, the prime religious leaders. And the Pharisees believed that religion was a step-by-step process and that if they ticked all of the boxes, that they'd be in right standing with God. They believed that by doing the things that they had to do, by just ticking the boxes that God was going to be so pleased with them that he was going to come back down to his people and bring his heaven with them. See, the Pharisees believed that the way to experience heaven was to tick all the boxes and Jesus would go, yep, that's all good, I'm going to come back down. But another time we see Jesus having an interaction with the Pharisees is in Matthew 22, verse 36. Now the Pharisees um, are trying to challenge Jesus. And they asked Jesus, Teacher, what is the greatest commandment of the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. So we seek to understand God through reading his word and opening up his Bible. We use tradition to practice and uh, to participate and honor our creator. We take communion, we sing hymns, we have tithe, we serve our time. God calls us to love with our hearts and our minds, so we try to see the world through a lens 
of spiritual wisdom. But in Matthew, I believe Jesus emphasizes the point and the importance of a relationship with God. A personal relationship with Him that gives us a testimony. That gives you a testimony, gives you an understanding of God's heart through prayers and conversations with Him. And gives us a personal and real experience with His heart. Now, don't get me wrong, all the other things like reading your Bible and coming to church and, and uh, tithe and serving your time are all, uh, all important aspects to your faith. Don't get me wrong, those are all essential aspects to having a great relationship with Jesus, but having that real connection with Him, not just an earthly practice, but having a spiritual connection with Him, I believe is what God is saying is the most important part of your faith. See, Bill Johnson, the leader of the Bethel Church, says in his book, Born of Significance, real faith is as great as God and has its foundations in his nature and person. Such confidence in God then is superior to every other expression in life because it is founded in the person of God himself. It is not built through striving. It comes entirely through surrender. Do you have a faith today that has a foundation in God's nature and in his person? Or is, your or is your faith lacking that relationship and connection? Who here today needs to stop striving to tick all of our earthly boxes and start just surrendering to the heart of Jesus? The first of two things that I want you to take away from today is that Jesus wants you to put him in the picture of your life. God is calling you into a relationship with him that will exceed anything that you'll read, any tradition that you'll follow, or any human reason. I want you to understand that God doesn't want you to ever settle for religion without power. Because yes, the Bible said that on the third day Jesus rose from the tomb, but unless you know that in your heart, then it means nothing. Yes, it says that the body wasn't there, but unless you know that in your heart and you know that the King of Kings has risen from the dead, then it means nothing. See, like Bill Johnson said, it's not through striving, it comes entirely through surrender. Now back to Nicodemus. Nicodemus, like I said, was one of the Pharisees who were considered one of the prime religious leaders at the time. But Nicodemus wasn't just any one of them. Nicodemus was considered to be one of the best. As far as um, his peers and people saw him, Nicodemus was living the most straightforward, the most perfect religious life. But I feel like there was something in Nicodemus that was missing. And I feel like that was why he was drawn into the conversation with Jesus. See, like I said earlier, there's no coincidence with God. And I don't think it was a coincidence that Nicodemus came into this conversation with Jesus. See, throughout this conversation, we constantly see Nicodemus not understanding what Jesus is saying to him. It was completely different to what he believed and what he understood at the time. And I mean, I would be in the same boat as him. Can you imagine following something to a T all your life, and then one day, this person that you recognize God is in is telling you a completely different thing? I mean, it would send me into a bit of a whirlspin as well. 
And we may not be religious leaders in Nicodemus' time, confronted by this new aspect of our faith, but what happens when something disrupts our earthly patterns? Now, COVID is a great example, and I'm sure some of you have sighed because for the past year and a half, every person up here has mentioned COVID at some point in time, but I think, and Andrew said it so perfectly, is that COVID, this period of COVID, is the time that the church is going to shine the brightest. I mean, the beauty of when the world gets darker and when the darkness gets darker is that the light only gets brighter. No matter how dark the situation around us gets, the light only gets brighter. Now, COVID is a great example of how our earthly patterns can just be disrupted out of nowhere. I mean, some of us, all of us, weren't able to go to church for a period of time in person. And for some of us, you've been going to church for years and years, and that's the first time in your life that you've not been allowed to physically go to church. See, it may have been hard for some of you to read about God's protection and love in his word in the Bible when your world felt like it was collapsing around you, while your business was going under, while your family was getting sick, while you weren't seeing people for extended periods of time. It may have been hard to read God's word and feel it being true to your situation. I don't know about you, but I actually found it really difficult to pray at times to God and to pray in praise and worship to him in the midst of the chaos that was going on around me. I had to catch myself out multiple times because I noticed that when I was praying, my prayer was asking stuff from God all the time. It wasn't what it should be. It wasn't praise and prayer and adoration for God. See, COVID is a perfect example of how our world can be sent into our world's wellspin and how our earthly patterns can be disrupted. But Nicodemus, in this situation with Jesus, had God in the picture. When Nicodemus had his doubts, Jesus was there to draw him closer to him. See, we see this throughout the Bible. We jump to John the Baptist in Matthew 11. Now, this is just after John has spent a whole year in prison, which I don't know about you, but that would definitely throw a wellspin. That would definitely uh, throw my earthly patterns out of whack if I had to spend a year in prison. Um, But, yeah, it continues in Matthew 11. It says, When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Now, this guy, John the Baptist, was the person that proclaimed who Jesus was. This guy was the guy who proclaimed that Jesus was the Son of God. But his world, was spent, his world was spinned upside down after spending a year in prison. And in that moment, he had doubt. See, even the disciples after Jesus' death, everything was going well and dandy for them. These people had spent a massive period of time with Jesus and saw miracles that nobody had ever seen before. These guys had seen Jesus raise people from the dead. But when Jesus was taken and crucified, the disciples' world was flipped upside down. They went and hid away from society, the exact opposite thing 
that they were meant to be doing. Their earthly practices were disrupted. But it says in Luke 24, after Jesus reappeared to them, they went and worshipped him. They returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. See, once Jesus entered back into their picture, actually not entered back, Jesus was always in their picture, but once they invited Jesus back into the picture, once they noticed that he wanted to be in their picture and let him in, there was a complete change of mind. See, Jesus was able to use their moments of doubt about their religion to draw them deeper into relationship with him. And that may be some of you here today. Some of you may be sitting here today still feeling the effects of COVID, or it may be something completely different, but your life currently may feel like it's been flipped upside down. Your earthly practices may feel like they're unachievable. But I'm here to say to you today that drawing Jesus into a picture, drawing him into a relationship with you, will never be able to be flipped upside down. We can be confident in the relationship that we have with our Creator. So we even look at Nicodemus when he went on from this interaction. Nicodemus had this conversation with Jesus, and later on in the Bible, we see Nicodemus in a situation in John 7. It says, finally, the guards went back to the chief priests and the Pharisees. Now, a bit of context to this. Jesus, um, the Pharisees have just gotten together and have gone out and tried to send the guards to bring Jesus back to him um, to pretty much put him to death. They, they sent the guards out to draw Jesus back to him um, and, to, and to, yeah, convict him of what he was doing. But it says, we read in John 7, finally the, temple, uh, finally the temple guards went back to the chief priests and Pharisees who asked them, why don't you bring him in? No one ever spoke the way this man does, the guard replied. Do you mean he has deceived you also? The Pharisees retorted. Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? No, but this mob that knows nothing of the law, there is a curse on them. Now this is the moment. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and was, who was one of their own number, asked, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he has been doing. This is Nicodemus, a man who, before he came into a conversation with God, before he came into a conversation with Jesus, wanted nothing to do with him. But Nicodemus had doubts, and when he brought them to Jesus, Jesus drew him into a relationship with God. And then we see later on in the Bible in this situation when all of Nicodemus' mates, all of the Pharisees, were saying one thing, Nicodemus was over here standing up for Jesus. See, even though his world had been flipped upside down, he was now in a position where he was stepping up for Jesus. Now, I've seen this situation throughout my life as well. 
I mean, there's been times in my life where my world has been flipped upside down. Where I have been reading my Bible, where I've been praying, where I've been coming to church week in, week out, where I've been serving on a Sunday, serving on a Friday, going to life group, ticking all the earthly boxes, and then all of a sudden, you get thrown a curveball. All of a sudden, your world is flipped upside down. All of a sudden, someone gets sick. All of a sudden, a family member passes away. All of a sudden, you don't get the grades that you thought you were going to be getting. All of a sudden, a situation is presented to you that you weren't predicting. And for me, those earthly things just got thrown straight out the window. I mean, it was hard for me to read my Bible. It was hard for me to pray to God. It was hard for me to come to church because in those moments, I had doubts about God's love for me. But looking back on that now, looking back in those situations, I reckon they were the times that God drew me deeper into a relationship with Him. In those situations, that was when I got drawn the closest to Jesus' heart. See, just like Nicodemus, we need to bring our doubts to Jesus. We need to bring our doubts to God because God is going to use those doubts that we have to draw us closer to His heart. See, Jesus wants you to be in a relationship with Him. That's how we're designed. That's how God designed the world is to be in relationship with our Creator. And Jesus is giving all of you an invitation to be in a relationship with Him. Jesus wants you to use your doubts and questions and He wants to help you understand more about what His heart is like. See, the end of the passage that we've been looking at today finishes with Jesus telling Nicodemus about that interaction. He says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. See, I mentioned earlier, some of us want to leave our doubts in the dark. Some of you may be sitting here today going, that's me. Right now I have a question or a doubt that I'm leaving in the dark, but I want to encourage you that Jesus wants to help you through that. And there's so many awesome ways that we can do that. We have life groups, church on a Sunday. There's pastoral teams on pastoral teams that will talk to you and invest in you. We have a care center where professionals will sit down and have conversations with you and work through those doubts. Jesus wants you to be in a relationship with Him. He wants you to draw Him into your picture. And even more so, this whole series we've been looking at how Jesus wants us to bring Him into our picture 
But what if we put a flip on that? I reckon at the same time that we need to draw Jesus into our picture, God wants you to be a part of His family portrait. I mean, I reckon at the same time that we should draw Jesus into us, God is waiting there for you to join His picture. The relationship is already there. Jesus came and died on the cross so that we could have that relationship with Him, so that we could enter into God's picture, so that we can enter into God's family. You just have to accept that relationship. Now today we're going to take some time to sit in communion. Now communion is an awesome way for us to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made on that cross that allowed us to have a relationship with Him. Communion is a way and a practice that we can um, participate in that reminds us of the relationship that Jesus wants us to be in. And I want to say a couple of things before we jump into it today. So if you peeled the top off already, that sucks because now you're going to have to hold it with the top open. Um, but I reckon God wants to speak to a couple of people today. The first group of people are some people that I believe are sitting here today who may have heard this message for the first time, may have heard the idea that Jesus wants to draw them into a relationship with them, with Him for the first time today. And I don't know about you, but there is no better time to start your walk with God than right here today. Jesus is waiting. The invitation is out. He's just waiting for you to accept it. And there is no better time than today to start that journey. I reckon the second group of people are people that may currently be struggling with doubts. So people who may be in a battle at the moment with doubts about their religion. They may feel like they're not reading their Bible enough. You may feel like um, you're having questions about what you're reading, about what people are saying. This world is a confusing world. That's completely okay. But I believe today Jesus is telling you that He wants you to understand His heart. We're going to take in communion now. Not just yet. Don't peel it off yet. We're going to have a moment to partake in communion. And it's such a small, small thing that you received on your way in. But this small thing carries so much significance. This represents the flesh and blood of Jesus as He went to the cross to die for our sins so that we can be in an uninterrupted relationship and connection with God's heart. And I want to encourage you today. I know it can be scary. I actually know it can be terrifying to feel a prompting on your heart from God or to feel something during a message or something during the week even and feel like you can't come down the front. But I want to encourage you if that's you today, come down the front after communion. We have an awesome team of people that would love to pray with you, would love to give you some resources to start that relationship with Jesus. If you're having doubts about God, there's a group of people that would love to connect you to places that can answer those questions. 
Because unless those questions are answered, you're going to continue asking them. And that's not what Jesus wants. He wants you to be in a relationship with him. So that's where I'm going to wrap up today. The band's going to play behind us and I'd love you to take a moment by yourself while you take communion to think about the relationship you have with Jesus. The band will continue to play and then uh, if you feel led, come down the front. We'd love to greet you down here with prayer and protection. Hey, I'm going to pray over communion and then we're going to jump into some worship. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Hey God, we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. Lord, we thank you that the fact that we have doubts will never stop us from being in a relationship with you. Father, you have designed our hearts to be in a relationship with you. No matter how much we read our Bible or pray or come to church, Lord, what matters at the end of the day is if we're in a relationship with you. Lord, I pray today as we have taken the elements, Lord, that you will bless us, Lord. Lord, that we can remember who you are and what you have done for our lives. Lord, I pray in this moment that you'll really speak to the hearts of everyone that's here today. Lord, you are a loving God. God, you are so good. Lord, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for the opportunity we have to be in relationship with you. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au.